Happy holidays, Fantasy Alarm Nation. Justin Fensterman here, along with Matt Sells, Ryan Hallam. It's the Family Times podcast here, another meetup before the holiday season. Although, for those that are sitting there in their fantasy football leagues, it's just another day. What's going on, Selzy? How you doing? I'm good. Um, you know, didn't have a whole lot to worry about with fantasy football last week because in leagues where I made the playoffs, I got buys, and then other ones I didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, there's that. Um but now week 16 is shaping up to be a very interesting fantasy football week. Not only do we got injuries we're going to talk about, we got interesting matchups. And we've got Mother Nature just invading every corner of this country here. Personally, for me, it's 40 below zero today in good old Lincoln, Nebraska. So, yeah, it's not fun to go outside. I'll just tell you that much right now. <laughs> Ryan, what's going on with you, man? How you doing? Going good. Santa Hallam is uh, pausing wrapping gifts to do the family time. So uh, ho, ho, ho to everyone out there who celebrates or happy Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever else you might celebrate. Festivus. Festivus for all you grumpy people. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about week 16 because cells, you write the matchup previews on fantasyalarm.com, And I'm going to ask you this, putting you on the spot of all of the matchups that we have, and you just referenced it, weather, although it's more about the wind than it is about the cold weather, at least in my opinion. But still, of all the matchups, which matchup did you feel like it was just so hard to decipher and break down? Which was the hardest of them all? So I split the matchup previews with uh, one, Miss Britt Flynn, who does a great job. She usually takes, you know, she starts in the primetime games and I start in the early week and we meet somewhere in the middle, depending on schedules. And so we were going tit for tat with the bad games, right? Because there's not very many good games on Christmas on Sunday. And she was like, uh, I've got the Rams Broncos. So I win. And I was like, nope. I've got Saints-Browns. The uh, the over-under on the Saints-Browns right now is 32.5. That's four points lower than the Broncos-Rams over-under. So, to me, that was the toughest one because nobody can tell us where any of the points are coming from. Um, there's question marks on offense for a bunch of guys, including Nick Chubb in that one. Uh, the wind is going to be hellacious in Cleveland at, like, 30-mile-an-hour winds. So... Yeah, that one to me was was just kind of a rough one to break down and really get motivated about, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, give you a little preview. I'm telling people to play the defenses from those from those teams because there's not going to be very much scoring in that game. How you doing in your leagues, Ryan? Uh, mixed bag, of course, as always. A couple that I'm hoping for a championship. One, I have Nick Chubb, which it seems like he should probably find my bench. Um, but you know, uh, that XFT, that one with Scott fish did the last minute in the top 20 for the season. So, uh, you know, few totally crapped out the same, you know, happens every year. Of course, man. No, we wish out everyone, all of you, lots of luck, but remember the season only ends when you allow it to end. If you're out, then guess what? Play some DFS. Talk about some wagering as well here. We got all of your content for you, whether it's fantasyalarm.com, pickswise.com. We are here for you because we got playoffs still. What, we're just not going to be in playoff leagues? I'm already in two playoff leagues. Big fan of those, so that's going to be fun as well. Guys, one of the players that I'm in on, I want to get your take on this, and it's this Falcons-Ravens game. We saw it last week. I know Cordero Patterson 
is still there. But Tyler Algier, with the carries he's been given, has been running very well. He's coming off of a very strong game. And going up against Baltimore with Desmond Ritter looking like absolute trash, I don't think they really have a choice. And despite Patterson being there, I'm feeling good for Algier, meaning if you have an open flex spot and you're debating between him and someone else, obviously it's relevant to who else is on your team. I don't mind flexing the guy. Uh, um, uh, you can I'm, disagree. I'm, uh, Tell me I'm stupid. I'm not as high on him uh, as as you are for one simple reason. The Ravens' defense is very good against the run. They rank third in terms of fewest yards allowed rushing per game and third in fewest yards per carry a game. So while the Falcons are known to be a rushing offense, hence they, you know, Right now, coming into this game, they're third in the NFL in rush attempts per game, third in the NFL in rush yards per game, and fourth in the NFL in rush yards per attempt. So that's a pretty good rushing offense. But I'm going to trust the Ravens' defense to stop the run uh, so far. They've been able to hold Cleveland in check now, and uh, all Cleveland does is run. So uh, I'm not as high on Algier as as you are there, Fenske. Again, I'm not saying that he's going to be a top 10 back or anything like that. I said I could just see him could see him producing some points. But, Sells, you, you back that up very nicely. Ryan, where do you stand? Split this vote. I mean, the way you laid it out, I think, is uh, fine. If you're looking for a flex spot and not your RV1, I think that's a, a good spot for him. He clearly seems to have taken over at least the, you know, the lion's share of the carries, even with Patterson in there, who hasn't had nearly the impactful season this year as he did in the first 10 weeks of last year. So, yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> between weather and injuries and everything else, if your team is, is uh, struggling a little bit and, and he's on your roster, I can see him as a flex spot, sure. How are you previewing cells this whole Eagles game and everything like that with what with the information that we currently know? I don't know, man. Dealing with Gardner Minshew in week 16 of the season is not is not great. Obviously, injuries happen. That's kind of what happens when you get, um, you know, rushing quarterbacks. They seem to get injured a little bit more often than pocket passers. Look, if he can just make the throws they want him to make, he's got the weapons on the outside. And now with Dallas Goddard coming back to – you know, to make hay of of what is a gettable Cowboys defense. Look, the, the Cowboys are very good at defense in some parts, but they can also be beat deep, right? Last year and for most of this year, we've seen Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, he led the league in interceptions last year, but he also gave up like 1,100 yards receiving last year, and he's doing basically the same thing this year. So he's either going to pick it off or get beat. That's not great when you've got to face A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, and then you get Dallas Goddard um, across the middle. So I think if Minshew can just make the throws they wanted to make, you know, be a Brock Purdy type uh, there for Hallam, I think the Eagles can actually go in and beat the Cowboys. Uh, look, Dak's not playing very well right now, and the Eagles have the best pass defense in the league, and they're pretty decent against the rush, so... I think this is going to be a, a pretty good game here. By Brock Purdy type, do you mean completely awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we saw it when Minshew has played. He's, you know, not this year, but in previous seasons, he's been able to have pretty good performances basically no matter who's around him. 
So I don't see why sticking him with one of the better wide receiver duos in the league against a beatable secondary is like being frowned upon. Uh, I actually seen like a little too much Minshew hype for my liking. Like people are just patting him that he's just going to come in and be just as good. And, and you're right. And I, I completely agree. Uh, if you read the wide receiver cornerback column, I haven't, I don't downgrade either guy, you know, Brown or Smith, maybe a little bit, but I don't think Minshew's going to come in there and just stink up the joint and be awful. At the same time, I don't expect him to be, and I'm not saying you, Matt, but what I've seen others tout him to be just, uh, you know, an easy plug and play for Hertz. Uh, you, you, were, you pegged it on the Cowboys defense. Diggs is, uh, you know, hit or miss. And they lost Anthony Brown a few weeks ago. This kid, Kelvin Joseph, they brought in has just been a punching bag for opposing defensive coordinators over the past couple weeks or offensive coordinator, sorry. Um, so I, I kind of like Smith a little bit more than Brown this week, although Diggs, like you said, it's it definitely a big play waiting to happen against him. Um, but I think Minshew will be okay. I think he'll have 235-ish yards and, and be represented. But he also hasn't played in a while. Uh, it's been a little while since the last time he saw a game. I want to say 2020, but I could be wrong. Uh, so there's a little ring rust, too. You know, we're seeing that with Deshaun Watson. Hasn't played in a couple of years, so... He has been solid. It's just it's been a little while. We saw the field, and the Cowboys' pass rush is also can be intimidating. So, while I don't think he tanks the value of anyone, I am a little worried about Minshew. Yeah, I mean the pass rush is a concern for sure. But you get Dallas Goddard, who's an elite pass catching tight end, coming back, yep. and he could be a safety blanket. The you know, look, I'm not saying he's gonna go out there and light up the Cowboys like people are lighting up the Vikings secondary, right? But somewhere in about the 230-yard range and a couple of touchdowns, that, that's serviceable in week – that's not going to kill you in week 16, right? I totally agree. Yep. So, And, again, it's one of the only games where weather's not involved. So we got to take that into account. Other games. Yeah. yeah, other games that we could talk about. You know, Ryan, we mentioned Brock Purdy here. What are your thoughts from what you've seen from him? Because he's been able to get the job done here. Now going up against the commanders, beatable secondary. And that's the big key you want to throw on this team here, man. For those that have their seasons on the line, how are you feeling about your 49ers quarterback that could be punching finals tickets? I I honestly, at this point, don't see any reason why he can't. Uh, He's played fantastically, as shocking as it's been uh, since he came in, you know, beat the Dolphins, pounded the Bron- uh, Buccaneers, and then handled the Seahawks fairly well, although the final score ended up being kind of close. Uh, he's shown poise beyond anything I could have imagined. He has weapons everywhere he looks. Uh, and like you said, Washington's secondary is not very good. I mean, I've had several people ask me about Trevor Lawrence tonight or Purdy, and God, you know, with the weather concern, I, would I don't go- know that the right answer is Purdy. I would if if those were look we just got off a meeting before this and we were asked about Trevor Lawrence and our coworker didn't have anybody to replace him with so the answer was obviously Trevor Lawrence <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy I might lean Purdy yeah I mean he's what what I've liked about him the entire time is it doesn't seem like they've limited the playbook at all it seems like they're really running the same offense that they did under Jimmy Garoppolo so I mean. Every every challenge that Kyle Shanahan has thrown out there, he's handled like a pro. And, you know, at this point, they're not going to change that. Uh, obviously, there's no Debo Samuel again, but Patine McCaffrey is just a beast 
catching the ball. And Ayuk and, and Kittle was great last week. And you know, not that Jawan Jennings is any fantasy thing, but I mean, he's still a, a pretty decent receiver. There's, there's just receivers all over the place. And, you know, they don't want to grind McCaffrey 25 carries. So I think Purdy's going to throw it plenty. And I think against Washington, he should be good. Yep. Man, then I look at, and this is a player I put in the stock watch report on fantasyalarm.com. The stock watch video comes out every single Monday. And I put J.K. Dobbins in there yep. because look at what we've seen from him the last two weeks. I feel like after his first game where he had over 100 yards rushing and a score, I feel like people were deterred because we then heard those comments from him that he's still not 100% healthy. So what does he do the next week? He goes and rushes for another 100-plus yards. So now going up against this matchup here, it makes me wonder how much trust we can continue to have with this guy, especially – with no Lamar Jackson, I feel even better. And for those with Gus Edwards, I feel like the Gus Edwards fantasy owners are taking a big risk now with what we've seen from Dobbins these last couple of weeks. I would agree. I like, look, if we're talking running backs in this matchup, I would definitely like Dobbins way better than Algier. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, <laughs> Falcons, the Falcons rush defense is not very good. And now they're going up against like the number two rush offense in the league. Now, granted, some of that or a decent chunk of that was from Lamar Jackson. But let's not forget, they can basically trot out anybody back there and go put up 100 yards like the old Broncos under Mike Shanahan. Like, this is going to be they, – they don't have any weapons on the outside, so they have to run the ball. So Dobbins is going to get his fair share of carries, as is Gus Edwards. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with playing either of those guys, to be honest. My only concern with Dobbins, and it, this is really just in the realm of expecting what he's done the past couple of weeks. And I didn't expect him to replicate it, and he did. So I kind of you know, have to shut my mouth a little bit. But And Sells probably knows this number off the top of his head, but I don't. I know he's not playing the majority of the snaps still. I know he's still been limited. Uh, I want to say to under 50% of the snaps, he's just making the most of it while he's out there. Uh, so that is my only concern. It's another week away from the injury, so perhaps he's he's okay. I'm not saying don't play him. I'm just my confidence level, I'd say, is at like 80%, where maybe yeah. it should be higher over his last what he's done lately. I can pull that uh, snap percentage up here in, in just a second over at Fantasy Alarm, the, the snaps report tool. Um, yeah, did I mean, you, did you make that tool? Of course you did. Nice. <laughs> he said, did you make that tool? I said, of course you did. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, so... You know, he played, yeah, he played only 38% of snaps last week. Um, but that tied him with, you know, a couple, you know, he still doubled the snap share of Gus Edwards and it tied with Justice Hill. So it's not like he was out snapped by people. It was a three way share. Um, and he was the most used pure running back in the backfield in week 14. So, um, I, I don't have any concern. We're a week out and now it's a favorable matchup for him what about the detroit lions guys i mean this is another interesting situation they're getting ready to go up against carolina and besides of course the passing attack and jared goff here how this team has turned it around defensively especially against the run too i mean you could throw on them but against the run much better than they were earlier in the year but what about someone like jamal williams because one of the things that we have to remember sometimes i think that we get too caught up in what the player has done for us and just total points rather than the quality 
of the scoring. And Jamal Williams is someone that's just really reliant on touchdowns and doesn't get that. It's not getting work in the passing attack. He's really giving you, if he's not scoring three to five points and that's it. I mean, can you afford taking the risk that he doesn't score? I mean, he should, but can you take that risk that he's not going to score and put up a major dud for you like we've seen in the last couple of matchups? I don't think you can anymore. Uh, you know, because like you said, uh, you know, Swift is getting more of a role. Swift is being more productive in his role, and Williams hasn't been scoring or a very good yards per carry, which I don't really know that he had all year. But he was getting, you know, with no Swift, he was getting 17, 18, 19 carries, and I believe it's down in the 12, 13 range. And when you're doing three and a half yards a carry, that's not adding up. And the touchdowns haven't been there. Uh, and to me right now, you know, if you're in the fantasy semifinals and your season is on the line, uh, you know, we, a, a lot of times we will say, you know, ride with the guys who got you there. But uh, this might be a case where that doesn't come into play. And especially if you have anything that resembles another, you know, fairly similar option. So this one's a little interesting to me because the Panthers are giving up basically a touchdown a game to running backs at this point. Right. Last week, Jared Goff threw a touchdown against the Jets. That was his second touchdown pass outdoors all season. And we're talking, we were in week 15 last week. So while you can pass on the Panthers, are we so sure that the passing attack is going to produce a touchdown or two um, that Jamal Williams won't get goal line work or close yardage work? I mean, it is is certainly a risk um, at this point, but if you're not 100% sold on the guys you have behind him, I think you take a shot on Jamal Williams this week. I mean, you're hoping for a touchdown. You just have to lower your expectations. That might be I mean, all you get. Yeah, you're not going to – it's not like, well, if he doesn't score a touchdown, at least he'll get 100 yards rushing. No, right. that's clearly not going to happen. You're essentially hoping for 10 points from the guy. That's really yeah, what – that's take- the expectation that you have to set going to score a touchdown but probably do not not much else i would take 30 yards and a touchdown from jamal williams right I'm not saying he's going to do that but i'm just saying like i would take that and you know he still out carried um deandre swift last week so he's still getting more carries than than swift and while yes he swift got two extra carries compared to week 14 He's still being out snapped by or out, you know, carried by Jamal Williams. So uh, I don't know. I would I would still take a shot on Jamal Williams, to be perfectly honest, because I'm not sold that Jared Goff is going to throw touchdowns in cold in Carolina outdoors when he hasn't done it all year. How do you guys feel about Justin Fields? This is a player that I've actually been getting questions on Twitter at Fancy Sports about. And some asking if it's automatic that he starts being what he could do on the ground. Do you fear this matchup that he has going up against Buffalo? Again, it's expected to be freezing there, but still we got to see with the wind. But when it's Justin Fields, how much is he going to be throwing anyway in this matchup? Can you still see Fields succeeding in this matchup against Buffalo with what he could do on the ground? I fear no matchup with Fields at this point. And yeah, like you said, the wind is a factor, but how, you know, you're not starting Justin Fields because of his passing ability. <laughs> you're starting Justin Fields 
hoping he runs for 85 yards and a touchdown or two, and, you know, maybe throws for 150 yards and another touchdown. So, yes, I, I see winter weather is supposed to pound Chicago, uh, but, I mean, I know that they're playing the Bills, another horrible weather team, I mean, but I don't think that, that this kind of thing really scares the Bears so much, but I, I think Fields will be just fine, and I have no problem starting him. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be dry there by game time. Like, it's not supposed to be snowing. It's just supposed to be bitterly cold. Um, you know, and Josh Allen famously said after last week, you know, it's not cold enough. It could be colder, and now he's going to get that. So there is that. But I will say that the the Bills' defense is not exactly at full strength right now. Like, they've got some key guys who are questionable coming into this game um, who may or may not play you know, just due to the weather or, you know, they're not going to get clear. Like Matt Milano, that's a pretty key piece to stopping the run. He's questionable. Obviously, Von Miller's been on IR. They've got some other some other guys. So I would still roll with Fields. I, I really would. Like, you're not playing him for passing yards, right, because he's got no weapons. But so far, nobody's been able to stop him from running. Yeah, I, I still feel like I have that trust in him as well. Because like you guys have been saying, it's who, who's he throwing to at this point? Might have to sign Ryan Hallam or something like that. <laughs> still the number one rushing offense in the league. Right. Right. It's funny because when I look at props, I look at both Montgomery and I look at Fields. And I always think, well, their props somewhat similar. Can one get, you know, can, can Montgomery still get there and whatnot? But that's all they're going to do. That's the big thing in this matchup, too. Oh, let me let me interject my own personal question then, because we're talking about that league. I've got Chubb or I've got Montgomery. What do you think? Ooh, this is tough. Let's let's go with for this one. I'm I'm interested with what sells things here too. Man, let's go with for that one. Probably Montgomery. I would go Montgomery too. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I was leaning at the moment. Yeah. Look, so the thing with Chubb is while the Saints have not been great at stopping the run this year, unlike previous years, they have to know that that's all Cleveland's going to do, right? Deshaun Watson's been hot garbage since he came back. He hasn't gotten any better. The wind is going to be 30 miles an hour in Cleveland. So I can't imagine they're going to try to pass it very much. So, And if you're the Saints, why not put, 11 dudes in the box and make Deshaun Watson beat you at this point. Right? Like, I mean, Njoku is questionable. He may not play. Um, So I would go with Montgomery. Look, the Bears haven't had a wide receiver all year, basically. Like, yes, I know they had Darnell Mooney, but let's face it, they haven't had a wide receiver all year. And they're still the number one rush offense in the league. So I feel like Montgomery. Yeah, it was what I, Ryan, where do you think you're going to go with this one? I, I was, I've been leaning Montgomery before, That's, but I'm glad I brought it up to get a little – everybody always needs a little reassurance, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. What about this one? What about Alan Lazard versus Zay Jones? That one's a tough one to me, obviously, because of the weather tonight. Um, but with, with Romeo Dubs back, I think you got to go with, with Zay Jones hoping that the weather is good in the first half and he can make a little noise. And then, you know, I figure it's not like it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be where you're not going to be able to throw tonight in the second half, but uh, I would go Zay Jones in that one. 
Yeah. I mean, oh. right now, would you say you trust Trevor Lawrence more than in Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I, don't, I haven't seen much of anything from Aaron Rodgers. He had a good game last week, but he's been kind of been trashy all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, Dobbs is coming back, and when Dobbs was in there, he and Rodgers had a pretty good connection going, so I'd, I'd probably go Zay Jones. That's a tough one. That's one that I've seen on social media a lot lately. I've, I've been more on the Zay Jones side because of the target volume. I know it's the Jets. I know how great their defense is. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence not going to complete a pass all night. That, that's just – I know how shut down the Jets are. And I'm not even thinking about how they lost that Lions game to Brock White right last time. But at the same time, man, I just – I feel like we've got to go with Zay Jones with the target share that he's been getting. Yeah. I mean, there's also the fact that, by the way, that the Jaguars pass it more than the Packers. So if you're just going based off similar matchups, which based on DVOA, the Jets and Dolphins secondary are pretty similar um, in DVOA. Jets is better, but they're similar enough. you got to go with the team that's going to pass it more, give them more opportunities. Yeah, Sauce is uh, everything he was hyped up to be, and I'm sure he'll be a lot on Zay Jones since Christian Kirk is out of the slot most of the time, but I'm still going to go with Zay Jones in that one. Let's talk about the family table, what we're bringing this holiday season, guys, as we always do to end the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Ryan, why don't you go first, sir? Age before beauty. Uh, (laughs) I'm just... Just in the off chance that we don't do this next week. I don't know what your guys' schedules are, but uh, just want to say it's been another wonderful year doing this show with you guys. I appreciate both of you and all your hard work and, and having fun chatting you know, about sports for a half hour uh, every week is always one of the highlights. And, of course, to everyone out there, happy holidays. And uh, thank you for the follows and the loyalty and, and everything is we could be shouting into the open – air but if there's no ears on the other side or eyes reading articles or, or anything like that then then we are nothing so thank you to everyone who is a fantasy alarm follower as well in the words of jim bowden verbal retweet when it <laughs> comes to that right there no it's 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 really awesome it's always great talking sports with you guys one of my favorite parts of this show is when ryan hallam goes on these serious random rants i love the hallam rants so much there could always use more of them but never forced, which I appreciate about how I'm there. So, Ryan, love that you're part of the show. And Sells always love it as well that we get to hang out and talk some sports every single week. Yeah, it's it's fun. Look, it saves – I'm pretty sure it saves all of our wives from not having to hear these conversations happen as we just spew them in our houses and our wives probably don't care about sports nearly as much as the three of us do. So – um, it's nice to get that <laughs> to save our wives a little bit from hearing about this. I know my wife who loves baseball is like, okay, honey, back off the baseball talk. It's December. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with, um, let's all be a little nicer to each other. There's that clip going around of that Raiders lady who was yelling at the, the Pats fan, the whole game, like the whole game and just up in his ear. And the guy to his credit was very calm Never even turns and looks at her. Just, you know, and props to Robert Kraft for inviting him to the Bengals game this weekend um, and be a guest of the the team and he gets to be on the field. Uh, Props 
nice job on the on the Patriots. But seriously, like, what are we doing, people? We went like two years without being able to witness sports in public. Um, why are we being this way in in the stands? Like, th- that's not the only clip I've seen. There's plenty of other clips going around of, of fans yelling at each other. Like, you can enjoy your team without having to cause violence or fights or trouble or just be an overall mean person. Like, it's the holiday season, folks. Let's be nice to each other. It's stressful on everybody. Everybody's trying to get everything done. Um, Just be nice. And also, be safe. We spent this entire pod telling you that NFL players are going to have a tough time catching balls in wind and rain and cold. Just imagine how tough it is to drive and travel in that. Okay, folks, take your time. Get there safely. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. You know, if the if the news or the police or whoever is telling you you probably shouldn't be on the road, listen. Because if they don't want to be on the road, they're not going to come out and get you when you get stuck on the road. So, you know, no, no, if, if you don't make it, that's not a very good holiday for people. So let's take our time, travel carefully, and uh, just be nice to each other. Yes. Wow. Very Ryan. He's like Mike Gabler. Matt sells what he just <laughs> said right there. That's the winner of Survivor, by the way, of this past season. Sells who donated the entire million dollars to veterans charity, which has never been done before. So you just, with what you just said, reminded me of Mike Gabler. Right. Also, don't don't tweet pictures of all the stuff you got for the holiday season. Okay. I know we can all be happy with the gifts we got. But there's plenty of people who can't get the cool stuff, can't get big old TVs, right. can't get their kids PS5s or whatever the latest Xbox system is. Okay, don't. You can say you had a good holiday. Doesn't mean you have to have like a thousand dollars worth of gifts. Okay. Right. Right. It's true. It's true. And I get we're all in the holiday spirit and everything like that. And I I love the whole being nicer to each other as well because we've seen it a lot on Twitter especially. And it's in this industry, it runs rampant. And I get some people call for it. Some people put out videos calling other people's a-holes and claiming things that actually aren't correct. And that's what social media has become, unfortunately. You know, I love when social media was first starting the MySpace Facebook days. It was all about bringing people together, a community. Now it's not now it's not like that. It's just not like that anymore. That's just how it is. Everybody has to one up each other all the time. Everyone has to be snarky, hiding behind their little computer screen. So that or their phone screen. And that's really just what it's become. And by the way, just letting you all know right now, don't let that foot off that gas pedal because you got a few weeks left to go. Some of you do play through week 18. Holidays are very distracting when it comes to the sports world. So make sure you write your checklist. For instance, this Saturday, most of the games are being played. Yes. You got to set your lineups on Friday. If you don't, you're going to be screwed. You should be doing it before the Thursday night game, but you should set it on Friday night because everything's reversed. Reverse, reverse, like the cha-cha slide. So make sure that you are putting your lineups in competition, ready to roll. Make sure you're setting them. Don't be that person that wakes up all naive, all of a sudden, all hungover on Saturday afternoon and goes, oh no, I didn't set my lineups. That's your fault. That's not championship form. Reverse, reverse. 
Wait yeah, a second. There's... Are we supposed to be able to change our lineups afterwards during holidays and early games? Yeah, right. What happens if somebody gets injured in in Germany? Can we change our lineups? <laughs> uh, the season's been fun. Yeah, that's oh man, oh all that complaining. Dang these these games, these London games. I don't like them either. But you know what? You you play fantasy football. You treat it like a part time gig. You're gonna get part time results. You want full time results? Then you're gonna wake up and trust me, these games aren't going away. It's so stupid. No, but they're no. not going away. Expect soon enough, we won't even have games in this country anymore. It'll just be a world tour for the <laughs> National Football League. So, so yeah, so set lineups Friday night. Yes. Basically, every game is Saturday. There's only three games on Christmas, and then there's a Monday night game. Okay? So yep. don't go, oh, there's only three games on Christmas Eve and everybody. Nope. Wrong. It's Saturday is the main is the main slate. Especially for DFS. If you're playing DFS, don't go on on Sunday morning and expect to find big old contest for three games. Not going to happen. They're hot garbage games on Sunday. They are, they are terrible games. You know, they looked good in August. Not to continue this to go much longer, but I mean... If you if you think about it, yep. <laughs> looking at it in August, Packers at Dolphins, Aaron Rodgers probably going for the one seed, maybe two seed. Again, Miami's the only team that's hold up. Broncos, Russell Wilson, the Rams, Super Bowl champions, two of the worst teams in football. Bucks, Tom Brady against Kyler Murray, garbage. Tom Brady sucked. The Cardinals have Trace McSorley. Oh, it is. By the way, it's not like the Monday night game. game is any better either. With Chargers Colts. No, it's not. The, can we please? And you know, next week the Rams are in prime time again. And I know they have a Super Bowl yes! champion, but this is four weeks in a row the Rams are in a standalone game. I'm God so Almighty, excited. help us. It's going to be great. What are you talking about? Come Broncos on. seven in a row to start the season, Rams four in a row to end the season. Thanks, NFL. <laughs> yeah. They- they dropped the ball big time. Well, I mean, they, we thought those teams were going to be good. I mean, we should, like, flex all year, really. I mean, if they we really if, should. If these teams are – because you can't predict the NFL anymore. And and this is if, – if this year doesn't prove it, then nothing else said. The Broncos with all those post, you know, primetime games and the Rams, you know, injuries, they can't help it. But still, it's, it's so bad. You know what proves it? The fact that Week 18 is entirely flexed. If you go to NFL's website right <laughs> now no and look at Week does. 18, it's all TBD. Yep. You know <laughs> why? Because they it. wait to see who's in the playoff hunt and group those teams together so that they play at the same time so nobody can rig their, oh, this guy's not starting because now we know the result of that game and we don't have to care about our game. So if they can do that for Week 18 – why can't you do it the rest of the day? No, it's hard. It's hard with tickets and people and everything. But so it's starting everything. to snow here. I need alcohol. We got to wrap this up. All right. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> and another thing. And another thing. No more Thursday night football. Football's Dude. meant for Sunday and one game uh, on Monday night. No sorry, more Thursday. Okay. They paid like a billion dollars a year for the next decade to have Thursday night football. So damn it. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> And it looks like the Sunday ticket's going to YouTube. <laughs> He's Ryan. I'll give him a follow at Fighting Chance. Matt Sells, give him a follow at Peace Sells, man. I'm at Fence Sports. Happy holidays. Be responsible with what you do in your lives and what you do in your fantasy football lives. Set your darn lineups and always remember because it's going to continue through 2023 and beyond. A family that sticks together wins together. <laughs>